so um, I think it's a little bit too early for predictions. But uh, do you have any? I just told you my predictions. All right, so I'm going to cut that out. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to a podcast most foul. I'm Jake. I'm Anna. And we're finally starting Artemis Fowl, The Arctic Incident, book two of the series. Woo! Here we're rejoined with <laughs> Artemis Fowl, my favorite 13-year-old guys. I guess he had a birthday in between the book, the unofficial... 1.5 book, I guess, and then, or story, short story, my bad, and <laughs> yeah. then the, the second book. So we started off with, in the prologue. Two years ago, we see uh, a couple of guys in Russia standing around like a flaming trash can. You're a flaming trash can. <laughs> so these guys apparently are part of the Russian mafia, but mafia is spelled weird, and maybe it's because it's Russian for mafia, or maybe he didn't want to get sued for being affiliated with the mafia, but it's M-A-F-I-Y-A. Mafia! <laughs> Mafias! <laughs> Mafias! Never do that again. <laughs> They're talking about uh, how they sunk the foul star. Because they had received specific instructions to sink the foul star. Um, the mission was simple. Uh, all they had to do was hit the cargo bay with a rocket. But whoever Vasikim is hits the stern and they don't have any backup rockets. So this fuck up makes it to where they have to go look for survivors. Because the ship sunk too slowly and people could have possibly gotten away. So, amidst all the dead fish and um, all the barrels of cola, they don't find anything very promising as of yet. They've been on the search for over eight hours now. And they uh, they say, all right, we're going to do one more sweep of the area, and then we're giving up. No one could survive this long in the cold. Or so they say. And then, right after they say that, they get a signal that the canine squad found... Something. Someone. Someone. <gasps> it's a man who's... Fr he has Obviously not Russian. Yes, obviously not Russian, because he's wearing very American and European fashion. And he has, like, a fucked-up leg, a burnt-up face. They decide that he's probably going to have to get his leg amputated. His hands are all frostbitten. They're searching him, and he doesn't have an ID. But he does have a wallet full of cash. They give the wallet to their men... But uh, before they do, they take out a credit card. The guy looks at it and is like, all right, I'm calling the boss. And um, they're like, who is it? And he's like, I'm just going to make the call. Like, So it doesn't really answer who it is. So they leave us on a cliffhanger. Yeah, he, he hands it to his like his comrade and uh, he's like, I don't read English. What, what, is, what does it say? And he's like, who is it? He's our ticket to the big time. So, is this where I tell you who I think it is? Go for it. I think it's Artemis Fowl Sr. It's very likely. That's definitely who the book is trying to make you think it is. Um, 
that's what I think it is, but now I feel like you know something that I don't. You probably do. And then that reminded me that I'm barred from the spoilers tab in our Discord. And that makes me very mad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Artemis Fowl Sr., but since that's what we're supposed to think, it's not him. Maybe it is. Maybe it's Butler's uncle. Ooh, yeah. The bodyguard that went missing with Artemis Fowl Sr. Oh, maybe. Because he's a cordon blue chef, and that's why he's their ticket to the big house. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's going to make some sick meals. Yeah. Um, so, as we enter chapter one proper, we uh, skip two years to the present. So, would that make him... No, that still makes him 13. Yeah, he's, he's 13. Okay. So, this chapter starts with Artemis Fowl being an asshole and no one's surprised. <laughs> um, so he's basically in a counseling session with a new counselor or a counselor he's just started to see because he's run off half a dozen of the other school counselors because he's an asshole. So the doctor's like, hey, you gotta open up with me. You know, your dad's dead. And he's like, my dad's not dead. And he's holding on to hope. So the doctor obviously knows he's like, um, this is a sore subject for him. So then he's like, it's not my dad, sir. It's my mother. And he acts like he's going to open up and he can obviously see that he is, uh, like interested. Like he's piqued the therapist's interest and he's like, she insists on wasting my time with these therapy sessions. And, um, then he decides to fuck with the doctor some more and he's like, uh, He's like, oh, that's a nice chair that you have. He's like, oh, thank you. It's from Victorian era. Uh, it used to be the queen's favorite. And he's like, pish posh. That's inaccurate. Artemis is like, oh, really? I didn't know they allowed fakes into the castle. He's like, oh, it's not a fake. And then Artemis goes, hmm, but it is. It's very clever, but it's a fake. You see those buttons? They're obviously, they were obviously put on with a sewing machine. And sewing machines weren't invented then. So Artemis just doesn't let anybody have anything nope he's a douche and then his phone starts ringing and it's butler and butler says artemis we've received news news of the foul star wow and so artemis basically says yeah fuck this and walks out of therapy and he's like i'll have to report this to the dean and, and Artemis Fowl's like, do it, bitch. He's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then puts on his sunglasses and walks out. I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> he added that. He out, obviously. He what? He heelies out. Ew. No. he's a cool kid. Ew. No, Artemis Fowl isn't that kind of cool kid. Also, the kids that had heelies in high school were so annoying. Or middle school. Yeah. All the people I knew had heelies got on my nerves. When people come to my work with Heelys, it irritates me. I want to hit them with a broom. When I was a kid, I really wanted them. Of course you did. You're annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to chapter two. Chapter two, cruising for chicks. You're a dumbass. That's the name of the chapter. You're st I stand by what I said. I mean, you're not wrong, but dang. <laughs> dang. So. I actually didn't know that was the chapter's name. <laughs> <laughs> I read it too. All right. So uh, after the events of the first book, Holly has basically been assigned grunt work to keep her out of trouble. 
Which, I mean, I would, too, if I had somebody who didn't follow rules and just went rogue. She's on a stakeout mission with this guy named Chicks Verbal. They are basically in a derelict, rundown area that nobody lives in, nobody goes to. Um, but it used to be a port to the surface, and so it's possible that there could be smugglers using it. And so they have to keep 24-7 surveillance on it. And Chicks basically thinks he's God's gift to fairies. And he keeps trying to flirt with his beautiful captain. And uh, we learn that he's a sprite, which are tiny fairies that are green and they have uh, they have natural wings. Unlike the jetpack wings that everybody else has to use. Cute. <laughs> Holly is not intrigued by his advances at all. Which, I mean, he seems cute. He's so little. I'd probably put him in my pocket. (laughs) Anyway, like right in the front pocket of my overalls. Hell yeah. Like a puppy. Um, So (laughs) Holly's not buying any of it. So she tells him to go do a flyby and that they would run thermals. So he straps a thermoscan bar to his chest and uh, he goes to fly out. But uh, he's too far away and the signal's weak. So she tells him to do another flyby, but get a little bit closer. And then they start picking up green figures. Gray. Gray figures. Not green. Gray figures. And they're trying to figure out what those are. Because on thermal, if something's gray, it means it has no heat. And if a living, or if a creature has no heat, that means they're dead. So how are there gray creatures moving around? So they wanted to investigate further. And so they call Foley, and he's like, there are two possibilities. Either there's an equipment failure, or, and I don't even want to say this is a possibility, but maybe somebody's beaten my equipment. And Holly's terrified that Foley would even suggest it as a reality. Because if Foley's willing to admit that it's a possibility, then that means it's probably the correct answer. Yikes. And so she tells Chicks to get out of there. And he's like, nothing can hit me, I'm a sprite. And then suddenly... Uh, something hits him and creates a fist-sized hole in his wing. And he crashes hard. Splits his head. And, uh, Holly calls in that there's a fairy down, and, uh, she moves in to rescue. Root tells her not to do that. Yeah, he tells her to hold, hold position. There's backup on the way. And in Holly's nature, she directly defies him and goes and heals him anyway. Yeah, she's like, nope, sprites can't heal for shit, and he's going to die if I don't run out there. And the sad thing about that is that after she heals him, he's not going to be able to fly anymore, and sprites love to fly. Yeah. um, And we also learn a little bit of sprite physiology. Their, uh, Their wings contain several arteries. And could bleed. He could bleed out. And then um, after Holly gets him to a secure location and heals him up so that he's not going to bleed out and die, she, uh, despite all of her training, being told multiple times never run into an unsecured building during a firefight. She proceeds to run into an unsecured building during a firefight. (laughs) Fucking dumb bitch. She. She gets the in and she sees that the goblins are wearing some sort of reflective suit. And uh, she's like, that is too clever for goblins to come up with on their own. Because they're stupid. And I was like, Holly, what if they're not? Holly's racist. Yeah, she's a cop. Oh, man. 
and then she's uh, so she's running and gunning and chasing after the goblins, and they're shooting at her, and she's shooting at them. She eventually hits one, but not in any sort of a vital spot. But that's okay. Because he's wearing that reflective suit, and that spreads the neutrino blast throughout his whole body. So then, goblin down. And uh, the other goblin fires at her, but misses. And she tries to use her helmet to like scan his weapon and see what it is. Uh, but there's too much movement, and she can't get a clear shot on it. And as she chases him, she hears like a, a hum of power. And she's like, there shouldn't be any power here. The LEP shut off all power to this area years and years ago. That's weird. As she is chasing him, she quickly finds out that, oh, here's why there's power. They made a shuttle. And uh, it's Frankensteined out of a bunch of other pieces. Which she's astonished yet again at how they've been able to do that. Because, again, she's convinced that goblins are stupid. The goblin takes advantage of her being distracted by the shuttle to grab a pair of wings and hop into the tunnel where the lava chute is. And if we remember the lava chutes from the last book, they are just like big plumes of lava that just shoot straight up and launch things or uh, cook things. He, he grabs a pair of wings and heads down the tu- that tunnel. And Holly knows that that's a dead end unless he hops into the lava chute. But no one would hop into a lava chute because that's just stupid. He hops in the lava chute. <laughs> um, and so they start shooting at each other again. But uh, the goblin's gun runs out of power. So he uh, has a backup plan. He just fucking tosses it at her. They hear, she hears the roar of the lava flume and can tell that uh, a flare-up is on the way. And she turns to turns to run away from the lava, but the safety door is shut behind them. And she's like, shit, fuck, damn. Even if I don't get caught in the lava, I'll be cooked up by the hot air. So then she has to think quick, and she shoots a compressor? Uh, so before before she does that, the, lava, or the goblin decides to uh, take his wings and fly through the chute. He's going to try to get away that way. The lava chute, right? Yep. Okay. Um, but he doesn't know that the flare is about to come. So he gets consumed by the lava. And she's like, oh man, this hot air is coming. It's on its way. I uh, I better act quick. And she sees a tank of coolant. So she blasts it and causes coolant-laced water to come down. And so she's getting blasted by this hot air on one front. And then on the other end, she's getting drenched in this freezing cold th- 3,000 gallons of coolant. They they make a note of saying, like, she could feel herself, like, forming blisters and then them immediately getting, like, squashed by the force of the water. Very gross. She's going to have to go back to the spa. <laughs> and uh, so after the lava fl- uh, lava flume dies down, the uh, the doors slide open and our old buddy Trouble Kelp walks in and uh, he tells her it's a good job. But she doesn't care what Kelp has to say. She runs up and grabs the gun that the goblin was using and sees that it's an old snub-nosed laser with human AA batteries powering it. Which is really weird because originally they had singular solar cells. (laughs) And they've been replaced with, you know, the primitive, bad-for-the-environment human batteries. So that signifies that this goblin mafia gang has some sort of affiliations to humans. And so she shows it to Kelp, and he calls it in as a Class A contraband. He's like, I need everybody down here. I need Foley and I need Root. 
they skip forward a little bit and uh, Foley's there and he is checking out checking out the goblin and he's like they must be working with someone smarter because there's no way they could come up with this suit idea. He inv is investigating their suits when he's talking to Holly and he says uh, he tosses the helmet that the goblin was wearing to her and is like check the tag and says made in Germany. It was a uh, protective fire suit that keeps heat in and out. So Holly just automatically assumes, well, if there's someone smart... It's Artemis Fowl! And that made me think of uh, the teacher from Fairly Odd Parents. It just goes, <laughs> Fairly Odd Parents! <laughs> I kind of thought of uh, a pup named Scooby-Doo with uh, red herring. Oh, you didn't watch Pup Named Scooby-Doo? So in each if of... I did, I don't remember it. That show's kind of like a fever dream. Yeah, it's pretty pretty out there, but... Uh... They had, every episode, there was this kid named Red, and uh, Red, his last name was Herring, so he was a Red Herring, and Fred always blamed whatever kid, <laughs> or whatever crime they were investigating on him, because he was kind of like the school bu bully, and he was a real butthead. He always blamed it on Red Herring, and it was never Red Herring. God, and it turns out Fred's the bully? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Foley doesn't really seem to buy that it's Artemis. He thinks that uh, Holly is just kind of working off of her previous grudge with him. And I think that it makes a lot of sense for her to think that it's Artemis. But he's also probably right. And it just seems like she's out to settle a score. Root shows up during their conversation. And he shows why his nickname is Beetroot. Because his face is super <laughs> red. Because he's pissed. He's like, Holly, what the hell were you doing? She's like, I, I had to. I had a, I had a I had a ferry down. And he's like, No, I watched the whole thing from your helmet. I was in operations the entire time. You didn't need to run in there. You had all sorts of backup waiting to come in and help you out. If you gave the word and you didn't. He said that he checked with one of the medics on his way in and Chicks is gonna be alright. But he will never fly again. That makes me so sad. All he wanted to do was flirt and she fucked up his life. <laughs> um, Root says that there's definitely going to be a tribunal about this because she did not act correctly. Which, it makes her the first officer ever to have back-to-back -back trials. <laughs> and, uh... Then I think trying to distract him, he sh she shows Root the battery-powered guns, and that's when we learn that they're uh, that these weapons were decommissioned because they're super deadly. They were designed for killing instead of stunning like the uh, guns that the LEPUs are. I'm sure that's what real-world cops say too. They're only meant to stun. I didn't mean to kill him. <laughs> uh, they say again that adapting it to take batteries instead of the solar cell is just too smart for goblins. Then Root takes a look at that shuttle and um, he's like, what the hell is this? How did they even get these pieces? And Foley's like, I don't know. I know that I decommissioned that right there. Holly was the last one to ride in the, in the one that that's from. And so Root orders him to take everything apart and track, track it back to... Who, who had the decommission orders, who worked on it, who took it apart, see if there's any sort of common, um, common, thread. common thread. And Foley's like, oh yeah, I'll have somebody get right on that. And he's like, no, bitch, it's you. And he's <laughs> like, that sounds like grunt work to me, Root. And he's like, no, it sounds like donkey work. 
<laughs> so they, they start talking about the goblin that they captured. They're like, shame that the book says we can't use Mesmer on other fairies to question him. Shame that they outlawed all truth, medicine, or powers, potions, or whatever. Interestingly, he says, shame the Atlantis Convention uh, outlawed the use of truth drugs. The Lost City of Atlantis, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And they're like, even if we could question him this guy's just a grunt and the uh the higher-ups aren't going to have told him really anything except for what to come here and do so there's no there's no real point in questioning him plus he's probably going to be coughing up smoke for like the next 20 years because <laughs> of the lava they tag him with the sedative trackers which i don't understand how that's not illegal right i feel like that should also be illegal I definitely agree. That's kind of fucked up. I hate that. And so then Holly tells Root about her Artemis theory. And he's like, oh my god, just let it go. But then he thinks about it for a little while. And he's like, well, we can't hurt him. But you can bring him down here for questioning. But we have to be very careful with how we bring him down here or he'll just combust. Because of uh, the high pressure. <laughs> And uh, he also says, and bring the big one, too. And uh, that's the end of chapter two. So, what did you think? Holly just needs to, like, get over it. Like, uh, get over Artemis. I understand that the series is about him, and they'll probably intertwine several times throughout the series. But, damn, girl's obsessed. Fucking let it go. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, you got duped by a 12-year-old, 13-year-old now twice but come on let it go just live and learn stop like i feel like he's just gonna continuously dupe her forever i think that guy that they found is his dad i think somehow they're gonna save his leg because i he has money so he'll just fix his leg with his credit card (laughs) (laughs) um Angeline knows he's alive because there's charges to his credit card. I just know it. And she's just, like, holding out hope. And that's why she had, like, that, like, psychotic break or whatever. Because she's like, he's still buying expensive rubies. Expensive Um, rubies. But he will not call me on the telephone. (laughs) Or come see me. I mean, I would be sad, too. He used to call her on her cell phone. For the record, I told my Google Home to play music, and it started playing that shit, and I got so mad. <laughs> but also, I don't think Artemis is behind the goblins. But in that one page that you told me not to read, he did interact with goblins. Wait, what page did I tell you not to read? The first page. It says, like, the one that I was like, oh, I didn't read it. And he said he, that he did interact with the goblins. Oh, I said that that page wasn't super important. So, but it is important. Um, what that is is at the very beginning of the book. Um, He's smarter than Mozart. <laughs> um, Obviously. There, there's a little excerpt from um, Professor J. Argan from a paper called Artemis Fowl: A Psychological Assessment from the Teenage Years, which is mostly just an introduction to Artemis as a character. Um, where he's, they're talking about his goals and his motivation to save his dad. 
And um, there's not a whole lot of note here, but there is like one at, line there at near the, the end. end. It's like, so even though his involvement with the Goblin Uprising during this year was to be traumatic, terrifying, and dangerous, it was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to him. At least he spent some time outdoors and got to meet new people. The pity is that most of them were trying to kill him. So I think he had something to do with the Goblins, but it sounds like it's not that. It's something else. We definitely didn't hear anything about Goblins from his chapter. But we didn't really hear anything about anything other than he's a douchebag. That's true. And won't let people just do their fucking jobs. He He's too smart for... He's too smart to be therapied. He knows all the textbook answers. What mental illness do I have today? <laughs> God, Artemis sounds insufferable. And uh, one interesting thing is they basically took that entire scene from here, the second book... And put it into the movie, which was supposed to be about the first book. We are going to pretend the movie didn't happen. Oh, we're definitely going to watch it and talk about it at some point. Oh, sure. I will not be doing that sober. <laughs> I don't blame you. We should make it a drinking game. Hell yeah. So guys, if you have any suggestions on like what what should constitute a, like taking a drink or taking a shot during that movie, please put that in our Discord. And Nero, if you're listening to this, yes, I am willingly going to watch it again. Hi, Nero. I don't know who you are, but hi. <laughs> All right. So, so that would be the third time you would watch it, right? This is probably the... I think I've watched it four times now. Oh, my God. That's more than I've watched the Titanic. <laughs> Just kidding. I love the Titanic. All right. So... Do you got a hell yeah? So, kind of. Okay. Um. So, lately I've been really into playing Pokemon Go, and the funny thing is that I don't know shit about anything. Like, geeky, like, I watched the show a little bit Um, when I was growing up. I stopped when they, they went to the Johto League. I just... Just, I don't know why I stopped watching, but I did. Um, one of our first conversations before we started dating was actually about Pokemon, um, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, but I started playing Pokemon Go, and now there's a part of the day where I make Jake look at all my new Pokemon that I've caught throughout the day. And um, he pointed out that I had a shiny Pokemon. I had no idea that that was a shiny Pokemon. I just thought it was like one of the regional variations and also the little shiny symbol i thought was something dirty on my phone so i like was scratching at it for a little bit before i gave up and realized that it was the app um so i thought that it had just loaded wrong and then just like dropped it um so jake points it out that it's a shiny pokemon and then i tell him where i got it i caught it in our bedroom and i got so jealous because i've never caught a shiny pokemon in any of the games in pokemon go um in any like ROMs that I've played, I've never caught a shiny Pokemon. The only shiny I've ever had is the red Gyarados that you get from playing gold and silver that the game just gives you. And then I'm over here like, don't know shit about shit. Um, so today I was trying to tell him about a Pokemon I saw at a gym that had a huge CP. He was in the 5,000s. And I'm mad at this motherfucker because he can't read my mind. I don't remember what it's called. I looked at all the listing on Wikipedia that he pulled up for me. I can't find it. That Pokemon was a fever dream. <laughs> so, my hell yeah is, uh, 
Mega Man Zero. It is a game taking place after the Mega Man X games where you play as Zero in like this like hellscape future where X has turned evil and he's uh, creating like the perfect like future for humans. Um, but he's doing that by like enslaving all the all the reploids and other machines and he's calling everybody who disagrees with him a maverick and he's taking them in and hunting them down and so uh you play a zero um who's joined up with like this rebel force who's trying to save the world from from this uh dictator like guy and uh, i just beat it like half an hour before we started recording if that and uh it was great, and I was playing it on baby mode because I am very bad at video games. But it's it actually called baby mode? No, it's called like assist mode or something like that. Okay, I was like, is it really called baby mode? Because that's kind of rude. No, I'm just making fun of myself. Because I I did like back in the day try to play this on the Game Boy, the original version that didn't have baby mode, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't get past like the second boss. So when I got the version for the Switch that had baby mode, and it was like, do you want to play with baby mode? I was like, yes, I would love to play with baby mode. No, it's called casual mode is what it's called. I'm like, oh my god. But yeah, I beat it just a little bit before recording, and I was pretty pumped. It was very fun, and I'm going to try to play through it on the regular difficulty now. All right, so that was prologue through chapter two of Artemis Fell, and uh, join us next time as we read... Definitely not looking it up right now. Chapters 3, 4, and 5. And guys, I promise... Actually, I'm not going to promise because then I'm not going to want to do it. Um, Like we've stated before. Not we. Me. I've stated before. I have commitment issues. So I'm not going to promise you guys anything because then I'm not going to do it. So I'm just going to say that eventually, maybe, we'll get on a consistent recording schedule and it's not... Me, that's the problem, okay? <laughs> it, it totally is, but I just wanted to pretend like it wasn't for once. You can follow us on Twitter at PodcastMostFoul, and if you'd like to join our Discord server or the Stony Grotto Discord server, uh, there will be links to that in the show notes below. We'd like to thank the amazing artist who made our cover art. Uh, you can follow them on, at Twitter at JWXArt, or on Instagram at J.WX.Art, and uh, you should check them out because they are fantastic. And our new music is uh, from the same artist as our old music, uh, Springtide. You can find them on the Free Music Archive, and we are using their music uh, under Creative Commons. So now that we're at the end, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Crocs are not comfortable. How foul. That's foul. That's foul. You're stupid. You missed your lineup. I sure did. God damn it, Jake. Bye. No, hold on. We can redo it. And now that we're at the end, I feel like I'm forgetting something. You say we're missing something. And now that we're at the end, I feel like I'm missing something. We're missing something. I think I say I'm. Oh my god, I don't know what you say. What am I even talking about? <laughs> and now that we're at the end, I feel like we're missing something. Maybe you're missing something. And now that we're at the end, I feel like I'm missing something. Crocs aren't that comfortable, and they're as ugly as they feel. That's foul.